Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Ah, If you're in New York City, you know spring is finally here with a few touches of summer in the middle of the day. It's really getting nice here. I'm sure if you're down in the Southern Hemisphere, it's probably cooling off, um, but it just feels good. And it feels good not just because the weather is warmed up, but because when you just walk down the street and you see people's faces, they just seem happier. And when you see everybody around you just feeling happier, it makes you feel happy too. So I hope for those in the northeast of the United States that you're enjoying uh, the springtime. It's my favorite time of the year, though I like the... There's something nice about every time of the year, but I just happen to like spring a lot. So let's get started. I'm sure you've been waiting all week long for your quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see uh, what they have in store for us today. From the universe. What if the word work was changed to dance with life? And instead of it being viewed as an alternative to fishing or a way of paying your dues, it was seen as a chance to meet a parade of new friends, discover your own untested potentials and unpolished gifts, and open avenues for abundance to come pouring into your life. Yeah, I bet lottery sales would plummet. Start the parade, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe, chiding us on to make a new story around work and how really the way we view things can totally change the energy around those things. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Take the time to line up the energy first. And action becomes inconsequential. If you don't take the time to line up the energy, if you don't find the feeling place of what you're looking for, not enough action in the world will make any difference. Abraham. Quite an interesting quote of Abraham. And, and this is one of the points that he tends to make a lot. And I think it's a, a, a very important point, which is that before we start anything, anything. And this is a Monty in in the previous show, Living Consciously, even talked about it a little bit. You know, when you're doing things during a new moon, a full moon, you don't really want to start new things because the moon is shrinking, but you can start preparing. You can start lining up the energies because the more we line up with what it is we're trying to accomplish, what it is we want to create, what it is we want to manifest in this world, the more we line up internally how we feel, the more and more effect our actions will take. The more we're lined up, the easier, the more in flow, the more effective we become. We just start making the right decisions. We start saying the right things. But if we don't take the time to line up our energies, if we don't uh, uh, really give ourselves the gift of feeling what it is we're creating before we create it, 
if we just run out all willy-nilly and go, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this and I got to do that, we're busy taking action, taking action, taking action, but that action will not be fully in alignment with what it is you're trying to create and as such, you'll be wasting your energy in all kinds of different directions. Think about it. If you're going to build a house... Right, You take time to envision it, create the blueprints, the mechanical drawings, electrical, all this kinds of stuff. Whereas, you know, so it, and then when things progress forward, they go move forward in a very sort of logical, consistent, a very aligned manner. But if you just said to yourself one day, oh, I think I'm going to start building a house today and you start putting piping up and you start trying to put up drywall and there's no frame there. How how well is it going to hold? How how well is it going to stick? No, that, that house is going to fall apart in no time, and it's not going to really stand. But if we can just take some time, and it's not just about creating plans. It's really about envisioning. It's about using our imagination, using your mind's eye to really see it as if whatever it is you're trying to create has already happened. It's not a question of whether it will happen or not. Just envision it as if it has happened. And once it has happened, when you come back and it's happened as a memory, then you don't need to worry about whether it will happen or how it will happen or how it will unfold because it has already happened. So taking the time to line up your energies Not only does it feel great, not only does it tremendously aid in manifestation, it's a very fun thing to do. So let the parade begin. Ah, Thank you, Abraham and Mike Dooley and the universe for our wonderful quotes for the week. We'll have two more next week, as we always do. But we have a wonderful show in store for you today with an amazing guest, Lisa Bloom. Lisa is a professional storyteller, accredited coach, author, mentor, leadership expert, and founder of Story Coach, talking about stories. She trains coaches to use storytelling as a powerful approach to impact their clients and grow their business. She works with organizations developing transformational story leaders and create resilient cultures. Uh, Lisa is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Cinderella and the Coach, The Power of Storytelling for Coaching Success, and is the creator of the Certified Story Coach Program. Lisa's groundbreaking techniques have enabled her to grow her business and take to the stage where she speaks internationally about this amazing approach to business, leadership, and coaching. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Lisa. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be here. It's wonderful to have you from afar. You're calling in from quite a distance, aren't you? Yes, that's right. (laughs) Why don't you let our audience know where you are calling in from? Well, I'm actually um, a strange mix. I'm based in Israel. Uh-huh. I'm originally from Ireland, so I'm quite an international, uh, certainly an international sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, 
and it's very interesting, and I love this topic of storytelling. I feel storytelling is, is so, so important. Um, but before we really get into it, I'd love to uh, give the audience a little bit of your own story. I mean, when you uh, were a little girl, were you always telling, like, little stories to your friends and your parents? Uh, did you say, you know, to your mom, hey, mom, when I grow up, I want to, like, teach people how to create stories or what? No, not at all. You know, um, I think when I was when I was very young, the the big thing was my curiosity in wow. terms of uh, you know hearing other people's stories. So I was always asking, you know, what was it like then, or what was mm. it like when you were growing up? And I was always really curious to hear, um, just to hear other people's stories. And um, I, I think if I had any ambition it was around you know getting a good job getting a good education and and secretly wanting to write i did want to write stories uh, okay. um, and i started writing at a very young age um and at some stage i actually stopped because i was i was kind of overwhelmed by how much brilliance was out there and mm. you know i kind of thought if i could never write a sonnet like like shakespeare or a poem like Yates, then then why try? You know, I, that was that was me yeah. as a very young child. You know, mm. when I was first introduced to the great writers, um, and only came back to it sometime later when I realized that um, you know I came back to storytelling many many years later, and the interesting thing was that people began to say to me, you know, when I told I remember the first thing was I told my my brother that I was studying storytelling, and he said, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? And he said, oh, you've been telling stories before you could walk. And I wasn't aware of it, but mm. it seems that I was actually telling stories. But I didn't really see it that way. I just like I just like to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We need it. It's often we need somebody else to reflect back to us our own qualities because we tend not to see them in ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And people, uh, you know, other people said to me, oh, I remember when you used to tell me this. And I remember, you know, all kinds of storytelling that I, you know, I had a, a college roommate that I hadn't seen for 15 plus years. And mm. when we re-met, you know, by chance, and I told her that I was working as a storyteller, she said, oh, I remember you used to tell me stories to help me sleep at night. And oh. I had no recollection of that. Wow. But it turned out that I had always been telling stories mm. um, and then kind of only discovered it later. And so when did you, uh, you know, what kind of sparked in you this idea of, of sort of applying the idea of storytelling uh, to coaching and to business and to, uh, quote unquote, practical things in life? Well, what happened was I, I worked for quite some time as a learning and development manager in organizations, you know, in corporate um, Mm -hmm. My background is in corporate. And what happened was I was always um, really interested in what happened in the classroom situation as a trainer. So even though mm -hmm. I managed the function, whenever I could get an opportunity to be in the classroom, I loved to be there. Mm -hmm. And I found myself telling stories probably because, you know, it was what I'd always done and mm -hmm. hadn't really noticed. But what I began to notice was that when I told a story, people something shifted and people changed somehow they they relaxed into the story they were more open they were more communicative and they were learning more mm. so i began to do it more consciously you know i would rather than just make it up as i went along i would actually work the stories into the curriculum mm. and i found that the results were so much better that there was a type of engagement mm. through story that didn't happen if you were just talking theory or if you were just 
you know, talking from the slides. Right. Um, and, and then when I left corporate and I was looking for something that was more family friendly and, you know, that I, I could just begin to do something else and I found coaching, that was around the time that I also found storytelling as an actual profession. And I began to study with storytellers and I began to study coaching to re, kind of um, refresh pure coaching, aside from the coaching I'd done in, in, in corporate and organizations. Uh, and I began to see as I studied these both simultaneously that there were some amazing similarities between what happens as you as a storyteller and what happens as a coach. Mm. And, um, and that's when I came up with this concept of story coach. And as I explored that, I realized that, you know, coach, that storytelling actually helps to create, because it helps to create this phenomenal engagement, what it does is it somehow sneaks under the radar of marketing and sales, and it mm. creates these deep connections, which are fantastic for building business and for creating trust and for and for getting people to actually engage with you on a business level. Right, right, right. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, um, it's time for us to take a quick uh, commercial break. When we come back, I'd like to go into... You know, how do you sort of work with people's stories the way they are, how to change them, and, and really uh, help our audience understand really the power and why storytelling is, is such a powerful tool. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Lisa Bloom, story coach, and we will be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 that's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com and chocolate milk These are just a couple of my cravings 
everything it seems I like's a little bit stronger, a little bit thicker, a little bit harmful for me if I should buy jelly beans. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we're talking to Lisa Bloom, the story coach. So, Lisa, you you kind of, and in, stud, in studying coaching and storytelling, found the the how useful sort of storytelling, not even useful, but like uh, how uh, powerful a tool storytelling can be. Um, and and oftentimes, sometimes people's stories, their own internal stories, it can be what holds them back, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Usually it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do we help people to m- sort of make that shift from whatever story, which is either keeping them in place or holding them back from really excelling? How do we transform that story into something that really empowers them and, and, and gives them the, 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 the courage to, to step out in a way maybe they've never stepped out before? Yeah, well, uh, you know, the first thing is actually the recognition because, you know, uh-huh. we, we don't seem to, uh, you know, it's not necessarily obvious to a lot of people that the, what they're living is a story. Mm. And so, you know, this is something that I came across quite by accident, really, in the work, which is that, and I think this is a turning point for me in, in it as well, where I realized that we're all telling stories all the time. And, in fact, it's this basic human kind of response or desire that we experience something and then we share it by telling the story Mm -hmm. and what happens in that sharing is that we actually it's quite interesting you know we 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 experience something then we go tell our friends our partners our parents our children whomever it may be and what we do is we tell that whatever happened to us as a story from the perspective that we specifically bring, depending on our prior experience, depending on um, our belief system, depending mm-hmm. on um, sometimes even our expectations, our education, our socioeconomic position, you know. Right. Um, and what's interesting is that we then call that truth, you know, and right. we, we kind of assume that we had nothing to do with it. It just kind of happened. It just fell mm-hmm. upon us, you know. Um, And so the first step is to help people recognize that whatever they're living is, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever reality they're living is a product of the story that they're telling. Mm -hmm. And that for people sometimes, even that in itself is enough to help them shift. And and the thing is that sometimes the stories that we tell are very powerful. They're the stories that bring us great relationships, the stories Mm -hmm. that, that make us successful. But also there are stories that we tell that are not serving us. And when that's happening, oftentimes we assume that it's outside of us, the problem. And so kind of my job and what I help people and other coaches learn to do is to help people recognize that um, with any situation that we tend to tell the story about, a very small percentage of it, maybe 5% of it is actual, um, you know, objective truth. Right. Actually (laughs) what happened. And the rest is our interpretation. And so often when we're telling these stories that don't serve us, um, it's because we're telling it from the perspective that is not, um, that's keeping us small, keeping us uh, frightened, keeping us a victim or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so if we can help people first recognize that this is a story, it is of our own creation and that we can transform it, that's a huge first step. Mm. 
Yeah. And, and are there ways that you kind of can pick up very quickly what somebody's story is? Like if you just ask somebody, so what's your story? You know, they're not necessarily, you know, they'll just tell you their history or something. They're not necessarily going to tell you the real story that's inside their head that they tell themselves. How do you mm-hmm. like kind of recognize in somebody like, oh, their story is around scarcity or their story is around abuse or, you know, whatever it happens to be for that person? Well, well, you know, we're doing it all the time. Everything we say is a story, really. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, when, whenever there is conflict, whenever there is disappointment, whenever there is pain, um, there's a story in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way as whenever there's joy, there's a story in there. Whenever there's success, there's a story there, too. Of course. So every experience we have is articulated through story. And the, what interests, I think... You know, all the stories interest me, but what is really important from the perspective of the work I do is to help people identify the stories that are not working for them, mm-hmm. the stories that are um, in their mind, their, you know, their, not, their, their places where they're not successful or where they have conflict, where they feel stuck, mm-hmm. and to be able to help them identify that the story needs to be changed and mm-hmm. help them create a new story. And here's the thing, the story that they're creating is not going to be some you know, abstract kind of let's just make it all a happy ending and paint a rose-colored, you know, sheen over mm-hmm. everything. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about taking the real experience that may have been painful and maybe difficult mm-hmm. and transforming it by looking at it from a perspective that is empowering for the person rather than the perspective that's keeping them small and blocked. Right, right. Right, because it's it's really up to the interpretation that the person or the meaning that they're really putting on top of the story, not just the story itself. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, every every element of the story as we tell it, we choose to tell. Right. And so we can tell the story with different people in it, with a different perspective, with a different level. I mean, even shifting from pure raw experience into learning mm. is a transformation of the story. So, for example, if something negative happens to us, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we become ill, if we have a business failure, if we um, a, a relationship breaks up, or somebody passes away, um, in each situation, the the moment that it happens is painful, but often the retelling of it is even more painful. Mm. So, so if we can begin to look at that event with um, Firstly, self-compassion, compassion for the other people in the in the situation, and then begin to look at the learning and look at the growth. Then we can begin to shift the story into something that empowers us more, and we feel more peace in telling the story as well. Mm. And it also stops re-traumatizing us to the situation. Right. So let me, right. g- if I can give you an example. Yes. Um, I mean, there are so many examples, but, you know, I remember, um, I- I'll give you one very short business-related example and one personal example. So the business-related one is where I remember I worked with a a coach some years back and she asked me, um, so how was your week? And I began to tell her all the things that had not worked for me that week. Mm. And then she stopped me and she said, okay, I want you to start by telling me all the things that you did achieve this week. Mm. And when I told her all the things that I did achieve and I started to begin to tell little stories about that, I realized that there were as many things that I had done as the things that I hadn't achieved, but I wasn't focusing on that. So the story of my week was a very negative story until she shifted me into a more positive rendition. Now, the negative things still happened, 
or the things I didn't complete or didn't feel satisfied with were still there. But they were, you know, I was feeling them in a whole different perspective once I looked at it from the, uh, you know, in the opposite direction, really. Right, right. And then the personal situation was, um, I remember, um, y- you know, this is this is true of um, relationships. It's true of illness. It's true of any personal interaction with somebody. I remember when my father passed away very, very suddenly. And it was devastating for the whole family. But I spent a lot of time in the first few years telling stories that were completely of my making. Mm -hmm. So I had created these stories around what he had experienced, what he had felt, um, how difficult it was for him, what he was missing. And it was all these experiences that were not any, you know, there was no realism in it. I had no idea what he had experienced, what he felt, and, you know, I assume he had no reason to miss anything because he wasn't there anymore. Mm. <laughs> so, but what happened was in telling these very, very painful stories, I kept myself in a state of, of, of grief and a state of um, just not being able to celebrate him or his life at all. Mm. And what I noticed was as I began to shift the stories and began to tell stories of his life, Mm-hmm. and of his personality and of all the thing you know of his experience the stories of him brought him alive much more than anything else could have mm-hmm. and it completely shifted my experience of having lost my father now the pain was still there and the mm-hmm. you know all all the difficulty in in not all the difficulty but certainly the pain was still there and the fact that he had passed away was still there right. and the fact that it was such a surprise and he was young was still there but my experience of my father on a day-to-day basis completely transformed as soon as I changed the stories that I told about him. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Wonderful, right, because it really, it, it kind of shifts depending on what you're focusing on. If you, if you focus on sort of the story of loss or you focus on the story of pain or difficulty, you know, that's going to make you feel one way, but if you focus on sort of the good things and you focus on, the accomplishments that makes you feel a different way, and and I remember one time going to uh, a funeral of a friend of my mom's, and he, this guy who had passed, my mom was kind of sad, but the guy was like a real jokester through his whole life. I mean, he was always telling jokes, and so his nephew got up and delivered the eulogy, and he told funny stories around uh, the person who had passed, and because he told funny stories around it, everybody was laughing, and it became more of a celebration and less of a mourning of the passing of this soul. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, yeah. And, and just to go back on something you said about, mm-hmm. you know, only telling kind of positive stories, right. I, I truly believe that our painful and challenging stories need to be told. The question is how we tell them. Right, right. So, you know, I, I don't believe we have to avoid pain or difficulty or challenge. The opposite. Our greatest learning, our greatest growth, and our greatest transformation and potential for doing amazing things in the world comes often from these challenges and these difficulty and this pain. Absolutely. Yeah. The important thing is how do we tell them in a way that inspires, empowers us and inspires others rather than re-traumatizes us and makes people right. feel sorry for us. Right, right. It's kind of like what lens are we looking through to tell the story, to to kind of give the color or the flavor of the story, um, as opposed to just what the facts are. 
And I also think it's more than a lens. I actually mm. think that this is what creates our reality. This is our belief system. Belief system. I mean, yes. I really think it's. Yes. I, I really do believe that the stories we tell are not. Um, you know, they're not a kind of a, a facing outwards nicety in order to create kind of superficial connection. The stories mm. we tell actually create our inner and outer reality. Mm. They are what creates, create, they are what make and break our relationships. Yeah. They are what right. build our self-esteem. They are what really create our inner and outer being. And mm -hmm. I really believe, just to bring it to a business context for a moment, that right. when the inner story and the outer story are fully integrated, mm -hmm. that's when people come across as authentic. That's when they are truly authentic. Yeah. When there's a perfect matching between the inner and outer story. You know, very often people in the entrepreneurial world, they have a beautiful outer story. You know, they have this wonderful image, right. great branding, and, and their lives are falling apart. Right. And, right. you know, what I love seeing is when you have these rare people who have their inner story, whether it's, whether it's you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. It can be mm -hmm. messy as hell. Mm -hmm. But if it's a true reflection and truly integrated into the outer story, then you have authenticity, and that, I believe, is the new currency mm. in business, because it's only through authenticity that people begin to build trust and feel that they can actually um, invest in you or in your services. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, it's time for us to take another commercial break. When we come back, I'd like to maybe, let's talk about if there are any common stories that we find uh happen to show up a lot from from person to person and and uh, maybe some some tips or some tools for reframing those stories great sure so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and of course if anyone would like to call in and ask their own questions our call-in number is 877-480-4120 we'll be back in just a moment you are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. 
If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, guest this hour is Lisa Bloom, the story coach. So, Lisa, uh, there are certain aspects of our lives that we that there tend to be sometimes some common stories around, and I'm thinking uh, primarily around you know abundance versus scarcity and the meaning we put behind money, and and, and you know I just recall and I, and I I like telling the story myself personally because for me it was such a big aha moment and, and a real lesson for me about how our misinterpretation of events um, creates a whole story that may not have any grounding in reality. So there's this seminar I was at one time and, the, and the, the leader was up on the stage telling the story about how when he was a little kid he used to have this great coin collection and he used to you know find all these different coins here and there and he'd keep it all in this jar like somewhere like in the kitchen under the sink or something. And you know one day he came home and it wasn't there and he asked his mom hey did you move my coin collection and she said no I didn't touch it you know ask your father and and he went in to ask his father it's like hey uh, you know did you move my coin collection and he goes no I don't I don't remember I don't think so and and he kind of stormed off but he didn't he, you know he kind of didn't, didn't quite feel right and so he went up later that day into the parents bedroom and he found his coin collection in in the drawer next to the dresser of uh, his the bed where his father slept, and he got really angry, and he and he and he and he took the coins out, and went down. Oh, you stole my coin collection! And he stormed out, and 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 uh, you know his father was, traveled a lot, whatever, and and kind of it never got resolved, and so he, he kind of developed this story from that that he couldn't trust men with money, and it really sort of limited his ability to get to a certain level of success, and. Years, years later, you know, he was doing a, he had moved out, he was doing a seminar in his hometown, his, his dad came to pick him up at his airport, and, and, and then they were driving back, and, and, you know, his dad, very stoic figure, didn't really say much, but he, he like, you know, so many times he tried to talk to him about it, but he couldn't, like, the words just couldn't come out, and he finally confronted him about it, he goes... Do you remember that time, you know, when you stole my coin collection? He goes, stole your coin collection? What are you talking about? And he goes, remember, I had this coin collection, and I used to keep it under the kitchen sink, and then one day I, I came up, and, and it wasn't there anymore, and you didn't remember what you did with it, and I went and I found it in the bedroom next to your bed and your dresser. And he's like, oh, oh, that must have been like a Wednesday or something. He goes, what do you mean a Wednesday? I think so. I don't know. 
And he said, oh, it was Wednesday because probably Tuesday night, you know, I used to have my poker game that I used to play, you know, with the friends that came over. You remember that, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, you know, I was so proud of, of you know, collecting the coins. You know, I took them out and I put them out on the table just to, to show the guys, you know, the, you know, my son's coin collection. And then, uh, you know, your mom, the next day, you know, I left it out. She cleaned it up. She probably cleaned it up thought the, and put it up next to my dresser. And he's like, oh, you were proud. You were showing off my coin collection. He's like, yeah. And it like, like hit him like a ton of bricks that his whole life he was living his life around this thing that you couldn't trust men with money because of this thing that happened that turned out to be a complete misinterpretation of what had actually happened. That, that tends to happen a lot to us, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we tell ourselves all kinds of strange stories, you know? Yeah. Um, and w what's interesting is when we're living a, a, a kind of a, a belief that doesn't serve us, like you can't trust men with money, right. um, I think we need to explore those stories and explore why does that feel true to us? You know, what is it about that belief that, that is based in some kind of truth and to begin to explore the stories? Because whether or not, you know, you could have a similar situation, which is that the father did take his to coins mm -hmm. and there was no reasonable explanation. Right. And maybe his father, wa his father was not trustworthy. Right. But is Absolutely. that still a reason to have a belief that all men can't be trusted? You know? Right, right. Yeah, um, not at all, yeah. So you can explore the story in all kinds of directions without necessarily coming with a belief system that's going to cripple you for the rest of your life. Right, right, right. Um, but do, don't you find that a, a lot of people, especially in business, in the, in the business world, tend to have some kind of story and I don't want to say around money because it's not always specific around money but just around the concept of abundance and, and worth and, and, and what and, and how we're supported in the world that tends to limit what we allow ourselves to receive totally absolutely <laughs> yes um, because if you think about it, we're all brought up with a view about money. Right. You know, if you think about our, our parents tell us that money is good or bad, that right. people with money are good or bad, that right. um, having, uh, you know, ambition is good or bad. Right. Money doesn't grow on trees. Right? Money doesn't. Yeah, there, there are a million little sayings that define our belief system. Um, and again, it goes back to what story are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. And what story are you... You know, it's like examining these stories, examining these belief systems and saying, well, where does that come from? And is it, is it aligned with the life that I want to create for myself? Right, right. So, I mean, w when, you, when you find the, these stories within people, how do you, you know, re retell the story? Or how do you um, take that story and transform it into something that is empowering for the individual? Well, you know, sometimes just the realization of where it comes from is enough. It's mm. kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like, if I can give you an example, I remember sure. as a performing storyteller, you know, I'd, I'd trained for quite some time, and I remember having my first ever performance, and I, it, was, it was amazing. You know, I went into this room, there's like 100 people in the audience, I stand up on the stage, and I feel like I'm finally in the one place I need to be. You know, this mm -hmm. is just, it was the whole process of learning to be a storyteller was such a coming home for me. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got onto this stage and began to tell the story and got an amazing response, you know, the literally standing ovation and everybody loved the story. 
I realized that within me, I had this feeling, just this tiny feeling, kind of deep down, that I was a fake. Mm. And it shocked me, and I thought to myself, you know, why, on the one hand, you know, how can I hold these two places? That on the one hand, I love what I'm doing, I feel like I've come home to it, I, I know I'm good at it, and on the other hand, I feel like a fake. Mm. And so I sat with that for a few days, and then I remembered that as a child, one of my sisters had, um, she was like the joker, the entertainer, and when we were at a certain age, a certain time, when they asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, mm-hmm. she said that she wanted to be an actor, and she wanted to be on stage. Oh. And my belief in that time was that only one person in a family could be on stage, and it was clearly oh. her. And even though that was, you know, it was just so ridiculous and so untrue, mm-hmm. and my sister ended up doing something so far away from stage that you wouldn't believe it. Mm. And yet I was always dabbling in the theater, and, you know, I always ended up trying mm-hmm. to do this, mm-hmm. and something held me back. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I realized the story, when I recognized the story, it was so obvious that it was ridiculous, mm-hmm. that I realized I had a decision to make, and mm-hmm. I could let it go, or I could carry it with me. Mm-hmm. And... You know, sometimes when you have a story that you recognize is not serving you, um, your instinct tells you you have to, well, I'm not sure, is it your instinct or your habit tells you that you need to hold on to it, and your instinct tells you that it's not true for you. Mm. And they battle with each other. Right. And it isn't just a one decision, I'm going to let it go. It's a practice. Right, right. I mean, just because you change or, or you start telling your story a different way doesn't mean that like automatically everything around that story starts shifting. It, it takes a, a bit of time to really integrate it. Right, and it's the commitment to say, I'm going to practice a better story and I'm going to live a better mm. story. And when you begin to live it, it becomes habit and it becomes normal and finally the old story is gone. Mm. So... Um, it's not a shift from one... It, sometimes it is. You know, mm. I, I had an amazing um, call uh, a couple of years ago with a client on a... Um, I do training for speakers. You know, I help people learn how to use storytelling to speak on stages and to be better speakers for mm-hmm. whatever size audience. And I had this one woman on the call, and she was complaining that she... Um, she wanted to speak and she had a message and she loved speaking but every time she stood up her voice broke and her voice hmm. kind of would would get all kind of crackly and even mm. on this call because it was a group call mm-hmm. her voice i could hear what she meant because she couldn't mm. keep a steady voice uh. and th- i had uh, coached her through email and on the side and you know tried to suggest all kinds of ways that she could gain confidence and she said she finally came on one of the calls she said to me you know I, I, I've done all the things you've asked, and it's definitely helped, and I love what you're suggesting, and it makes a huge amount of sense, and I'm still having this problem with my voice. What do you mm. think? And in that moment, I said to her, you know, I worked with a, a performing storyteller once who mm-hmm. told me that she had always had problems with her voice because as a child, her father always used to say, you know, she, he had this belief system that children should be seen and not heard. Right. So whenever she said anything, he would shush her. He would, he would keep her quiet. Uh. And so as an adult, she always felt that it was her voice that was her Achilles heel. It was the right. voice that would let her down. Right. And only when she realized that story could she um, work to improve her voice. Mm-hmm. And I told this to the woman on the call, and I said to her, you know, I don't know what story you were told, but mm. 
you know, this might resonate for you, and perhaps there is a story that you've been told that's holding you back from having your voice heard. Mm. And for a few seconds, there was silence on the line. And then she said to me, you know, I know exactly what story that is. Mm. And so I said to her, well, it's your choice to let it go, because you do know that that story is not true. Mm-hmm. And again, there was silence on the line. And then she you know, I, I moved on to something else because I didn't want to um, put her under pressure, you know, in a group right. situation. Right. 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 But a couple of minutes later, she came on the call and she said to me, I just want you to know that I knew exactly what story you meant and I am ready to let it go. I've had enough of this and I know that this is a turning point. Mm. But the amazing thing was that as she said it, her voice held steady. Ah. So in that instant, it has transformed Beautiful. her. Wow, wow. That's so, amazing. you know, sometimes we do have these breakthroughs with story mm-hmm. because we have an awareness of where things come from. Come from uh, and sometimes it's a matter of making a decision that I'm going to practice a more empowering story and I'm going to do it every day and every minute I need it. And when I slip back into my old belief and my old story, I'm going to catch myself and I'm going to mm-hmm. do it again. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, uh, time for us to take, believe it or not, our last commercial break of the hour. Um, so when we come back, we'll... Uh, finish up maybe with just some some general things and and, uh, definitely let people know how to find out more about the story coach so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Lend your ears, lend your hands. 
Lend your movement anything you can. Come to teach, come to be taught, come in the likeness in the image of God. 'Cause you can be like that with all that humbleness and all that respect, all the power invested. And welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, awakening humanity. And our guest this hour has been Lisa Bloom of the Story Coach. So. Uh, Lisa, when you work with people to help them transform their stories, uh, we talked a little bit about sort of uh, uh, abundance and scarcity and, and finding your voice. Are there other kind of archetypical stories or, or like general themes that you find uh, you tend to that, that are most common in working with people or is it really all over the place? Um, I, I think that... Um you know, some of the stories that come up, definitely abundance, money stories for sure, but mm. also self-worth and uh, confidence. Uh-huh. That comes up a lot. Right. Um, and, you know, th- there are these key stories that we experience that um, are these shifting moments in our lives. And I always ha- think that it's very important to really hone in on those moments. Mm. And to use them in order to clarify what is our own core story, because I do believe we all have a core story. Mm. And that core story is, um, you know, I call it the story of you, but basically the themes of those core stories show up in so many situations in our lives. Mm. So I talk to people about creating, you know, about accessing or remembering these pivotal moment stories. And and the pivotal moment Mm. can be the big things in life, the... You know, the moves, the career changes, the marriages, births, losing people, and, and so on. Um, but the, So these big events can be the pivotal moments I'm talking about, but also small moments are important. The moments that just something shifts in us and we have an understanding or a seeing of something we hadn't seen before. And when we can begin to articulate those stories, we'll notice that we show up a certain way in these moments, and that's the core story of you. Ah, so it's really identifying sort of what is that story that defines how we show up in life. Absolutely, what we stand for, what we believe right. in, and in essence what we, what we support our clients with. Right. And so right. when we're clear on that, then any experience told through the eyes of the core story of you becomes mm. a story that can inspire and empower others. Do, do you have maybe another story <laughs> of, of, of some kind of transformation when you've uh, you know, worked with somebody on their story or helped to reveal it that, that made like a huge impact on their life? Yeah, I had a client many years ago, and um, her, she was a coach, and what she did was she helped people. She had this really interesting knack of being able to help people see their brilliance and to really hone in on what they were very good at. And oftentimes, you know, what we're really good at, we're blind to. You know, we don't notice it because it's become so, it comes so easy to us that we assume everybody else can do it that easily. So this particular client, that was what she did, but she was having a really hard time um, articulating that and being clear on how to tell her own story in order to attract people to her business. And one day she came to a session and she said to me, you know, this story has been on my mind all week and I don't think it's got anything to do with the work we're doing, but I want to tell you anyway. Mm -hmm. So I said, sure. 
Um, and she said, she told me that as a child, she had lived, she actually lived in Philadelphia, and she described it as a kind of a, a big gray city. Mm-hmm. And she said that she used to walk around the city a lot with her parents, but she had this really strange knack of finding beautiful pieces of glass and even stones around the city. Mm. And she used to gather them. She used to collect them. Oh. And so over the years, she had this little box beside her bed, and it was filled more and more with these pieces of glass and stone. Mm -hmm. And finally, when she was in high school, she decided to, um, she kind of uncovered this box, and she decided to make a collage. And she spent Mm -hmm. quite some time creating this beautiful collage, which she then hung up on her bedroom bedroom wall for Mm -hmm. the rest of her childhood. And she said, you know, I I just thought I'd tell you that story. And I said to her, but you know, it, that's exactly what you do. Mm. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you, you find these beautiful, shiny parts of people, you know, amongst the gray gloom or the, the things that are just fading mm. into the background. You find these beautiful sparks, and then you help them create a, a picture, help them create something that they can see and they can hang up and they can show off. Mm. That's the essence of what you do in your work. And she was completely speechless. She couldn't see it in her own story, but it was clearly there. And as soon as she could see that, she could then go out and talk to people and really articulate what it is that she did. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So so, it was curious, though, how she decided to tell that story, which she probably always had, but she probably didn't reveal it until that moment with you. Exactly. She didn't even see it as a story or yeah. anything. She just had this experience and she didn't yeah. think it was connected. And this is the thing, that when you discover your story, the mm. story that is really the essential story of you, mm. then you begin to see that there is this kind of golden thread of story that's gone through your whole life that's led you to the moment you're in right now in your business. Mm. And when you can see that, you can speak in a much more powerful way. You kind of stand in the in the in the amazingness of what you do mm. and that's so much more compelling to potential clients that it actually really draws people to you mm. and you end up just increasing your business so much more yeah. um okay well lisa it's been a pleasure having you on the show if people want to learn more about your work and and what you do and, and contact you uh, what where do they find you well, the best place is if, to come to my website. That's story-coach.com. Mm-hmm. And um, they can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, everywhere under Story Coach. Okay. I'm, I'm the Story Coach, so you can find me there. Um, but I also wanted to offer a gift to the listeners if they would like to go to uh, story-coach.com forward slash gift. They can actually go in and sign up for an introductory, you know, just a, a, a basically an opportunity to to talk to me about their story, about uncovering that gem that is within them that will help mm. them attract clients into their business. Mm. And there's also an ebook that they can download. Ah, excellent. So that's story-coach.com slash gift. Exactly. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate that. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Take care, and I look forward to hearing more stories from you in the future. 
And uh, everybody, I also just want to make a quick announcement. Next week, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest calling in, Randy Gage. He's a professional speaker, a business coach. Uh, This man is amazing. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. So I hope you will tune in next Monday, which is May 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern time for my interview with Randy Gage. Um... Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. I've got uh, it, it's amazing what's been happening over the last few weeks, but I'm now like booked up with just totally amazing guests um, through mid July now. So I hope you guys are, are like signing up for the newsletter at talkingalternative.com um, so that you can keep abreast of the uh, uh, shows coming up and we'll have more social media happening. Um, so really, uh, thank you for listening. I so appreciate you guys. Um, I hope you're enjoying these interviews and please stay tuned. Coming up next, another amazing storyteller, of course, our own Kevin Barbaro with his Coffee Talk 3.0 with more stories of uh, his quite incredible life. So please stay tuned and we will talk to you next week. Here's a little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. 
If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 